friends, and welcome to Monday's edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. It wasn't the result we wanted, obviously, at the weekend, but you can console yourself firm in the knowledge, safe in the knowledge, that my hot take from the season preview has already been proved to be correct. Town are in the bottom half of the table. I was right, as I always am. Don't ask the wife about that. There you go. It's a, a nice positive note to start the uh, the show on this week, boys. I'm your host, Mark Heath. Four Kings today. The big porker goes on to rotation. So it's myself, Andy Hutch Warren, Stuart the Doctor Watson, Roscoe the Prospect, the Beard Halls. Hutch, I'm going to come to you first. You love a Monday morning. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. You're right. You're happy to be. You seem to be basking in town in Ipswich, which is uh, mid table, lower mid table misery. Lower. But I, that's what I said, mate. That's what I said. So there you go. When Heath says it, it happens. Did you what you predicted that they wouldn't have won a game after? Well, I mean, obviously, obviously you, you haven't listened to the season preview shows, Stu. Um, we did a hot take on there, and my hot take was that Ipswich Town, at some point this season, would be in the bottom half of the table. And it's already it's already been proved to be correct. They're, was it 16th they are, boys, after two games? Are you going to take? Are you going to take that as a as a, what if they win on Tuesday and they were literally there for for two days after two matches? Is that still fact? Isn't it still correct? The knowledge does there need, does there need to be some sort of cut off point? Does it only count after five games? I mean, what what are we saying? I I didn't place any timing on it. I said it'll either be early or mid season. This is definitely early. I digress. I can see you boys aren't impressed, so I'll move on. Um, Stewie, how are you? Old friend, I'm all right, mate. Not bad. Excellent. And Roscoe just complete the triumvirate of terror, triple threat, thunder and lightning, and and the beard. How are you? I'm very well. I just want to quickly bring up behind the curtain sort of thing here. Me and Stu waited over probably half an hour for a KFC um, in the services after the Burton game. I'm still fuming about that. Still, I'm sure you are too. You waited over half an hour. What? Because there was that many people there. Yeah. Yeah, the season has officially started. The service station bad eating on Saturday nights is back. Um, uh, let's um, before we get into the game. Then this is something I was going to ask you about anyway, because you have a new you have a new travelling arrangement this season. Um, Stewie and, and Hutchie are going to be driving Roscoe around everywhere this season as part of the uh, as part of the team. Rossi still has a grand waiting for him on the plate if he passes his driving test, but takes a very Luke Wolfenden approach to that, shall we say, uh, a laid back. <laughs> lackluster approach to passing his driving test um so boys what was it like the first the first weekend road trip with the new with the new look koa on the road team Less than impressed. yeah i've just got a quick question um is is ross allowed to put his fines for leaving his rubbish in the back of the car through through expenses that this is probably just just one to dot some i's and cross his teeth what's what's the fi- i don't understand what's the fines who's 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 fine me. You're finding Out, him. An outrageous uh, amount of rubbish just left screwed oh across the back seat of the car, in the pu- in the in the pocket in the back of the seat, bottle of water in the back of the car, ah. in, the, in the boot. Is that allowed to go through expenses? Because they Is add this up. going to be like a football fine system where we spin the wheel and Ross has to kind of wash your car or um, clean your boots or something like that? He can wash the car because it's covered in spiders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fact as well. Look, lots I can, of spiders. I can imagine yeah. Rossi takes a very uh, kind of lackluster as a pro- uh, laid back approach to um, littering in the car. Just ah, oh, well, someone else will clear that up. I'll just leave that there. Is that basically how it's going to be, boys? It no. looks like it, doesn't it? I'm, <laughs> I'm in less than impressed with the new pool car that we've got at work as well. We've, um, if people might remember, a little while back, we took what was the car we turned up, rocked up at in Accrington. We managed to get <laughs> one of the. You had the Beamer, didn't you? Was it the Beamer? Uh, it, was a, it was a Mercedes. Uh, that's right. M- Mercedes C1, little yeah. um, little small Mercedes sports car. So we looked out that day and we looked like the bee's knees when we rocked up to Accrington in, in a Mercedes. We've now got. A 0.9 litre Honda Jazz, <laughs> which um, I didn't realise they made. You have to make sure you have quite the gap <laughs> when you're pulling out on off the slip roads um, to just to get yourself going. There was a couple of moments wow. where there was a, a lorry herring behind me, and I'm absolutely flooring it in second gear, and it wasn't getting anywhere. But um, I, I it got us really, there and back. I honestly didn't realise they made 0.9 litre cars. Uh, <laughs> oh, they do. That's basically just a bit more power than a bicycle, isn't it? <laughs> and you've got you've got five people in there with mm-hmm. uh, with big Wazza page in there as well. Um, wow, that's an experience. Cool. Um, 
Four? Where's Where's Waza? You're, you weren't Andy, in the car, Mark. Ross, Warren. One, two, three. Four. You weren't uh-huh. there. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't go to the games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I've made myself look a right mug there. Uh, anyway, moving on, boys. Let's talk about the game. Let's, let's not focus on that. <laughs> let's not, let's to your not, credit, not... the, the two photographers did, do have lots of kit, which maybe, which maybe makes it a fifth person's weight. That's, that's what you were getting at, wasn't it? Yeah, basic maths is not my strong point. Um, I have many, many weak points, and, and maths is definitely one of them. I've just shown. Anyway, boys, um, one of the weak points for town at the moment is simply winning games, unfortunately. Um, at Burton, we um, well, we went into it hoping for, for, for good news after that um, dramatic draw on opening day against Morecambe. Hutchie, I'm going to come to you first, though, because you have said consistently over the past few days and weeks that you've been worried about this Burton game. Uh, and so it proved you were right to be worried. What did you uh, What did you make of the game? Well, start with your opening thoughts, and then we'll go around and, and do good and bad like we normally do. Well, you say you say I was right to be worried. I got I got ever so slightly sucked in by Friday afternoon when I predicted they'd win on our boot room video. But yeah, I, w- I was worried about this Burton game. Um, but I thought they'd be going into it on the back of a win from the more from the Morecambe game. Um, and I, the reasons I why why I was worried were, were kind of proven really. Burton a but Burton are a hard, hard team to play against. Lots of teams are going to struggle at, at the Pirelli this year. They don't give you any time on the ball. The game is 100 miles an hour at times. They they don't really want possession all that often. Burton they want they want the ball high up the pit and they want to pressure you and and win it and and quickly snap into an attacking mode high up high up the pitch. And um, Ipswich didn't didn't really get into the game in midfield really, and that and that's where. That's where they, they ultimately struggle to get a foothold in it. Mm. Stewie, what are your opening thoughts on, on the 2-1 defeat at Burton? Yeah, exactly that. There was a lot of talk about sort of a new side against Morecambe, gelling, etc. But I didn't think that excuse, if you like, was that valid because Morecambe had made a ton of changes themselves. Burton, as Andy was saying, was was a different a different kettle of fish because they are your kind of if you were if you were picking your sort of stable, difficult League One side to face, Burton would be it. They finished last season really, really well under Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. They've obviously got something going there. And as Andy says, that first half, Ipswich never never got a foothold in that game at all. Burton were putting it right on top of them time after time again, long throws, corners, and Ipswich really were quite fortunate to be level at the break. Um, obviously managed to to cancel out the goal quite quickly via a set piece and an OG. Um, but it did check the narrative did change after, after the break and Burton did tire. There was never any chance that they were going to keep up that level of intensity for the, for the full 90 minutes. Ipswich did earn the right to play and, and did start to play. And, and they looked like the team, the only team that was going to go on and win it at one and one, I thought as the second half went on. And then of course we get the Taylor two penalties and Ipswich leave empty handed. Hmm. Rossi, you were you were um, with the fans as you're always going to be this season. Putting together the excellent game day video, um, which is going out um, pretty much uh, within a few few hours of the of the final whistle now this season, which is going to be great. Um, subscribe obviously to our YouTube channel as well for more video exclusives from from Young Rossi. What was it like? I mean, atmosphere wise, it looked tremendous. There were a lot of uh, a lot of travelling town fans there, weren't they? Well, I think we did. We pretty much had half the stadium for town fans. Uh, the 1,700 um, in attendance for the town. Some familiar faces I'm sure you saw on game day. Good old John Watson. Um, Harvey Davis, the sweet Welsh prince, friend of the show. Um, David, who was not very happy after the game. Um, Dazza <laughs> and his son. And also Bainsey, who um, lives in, in Newport. So we travel all the way from Newport to Burton. But um, that just added that extra. And as for every game, you can see in across the country, fans have just added different dimensions to games. You know, mm. so many goals have been scored, so many late winners. Um, and as Hutchie gave me a stat that last season, you know, there was no home advantage for people because, you know, it was just a training game pretty much. But now you've got the away fans cheering, you've got the home fans cheering. Uh, it's just great to see the fans. And Burton's always a nice away day. You know, the terraces, oh, they're in fine voice. Yes, yeah, it looks a nice little stadium, the Pirelli. Um, actually, what, what did you make of the the starting lineup? Obviously, there were there were a few kind of surprises through through injuries. Um, what did you make of of what Cook did with the side? Yeah, but but I think by the by the time you tick off all the injured players, there weren't too many decisions that he 
he had to make there that we know the defence until now is, is picking itself. That's going to change for reasons we're going to get onto with Cameron Burgess. So fine with it. Midfield picks itself. Fine with that. Piggott played. Fine with that. Um, maybe a little surprised to see Louis Barry straight off the bat. And um, rather than going with Macaulay, Macaulay Bon and maybe going with that slightly more physical um, top two in whichever way they're staggered. Um, but I was pleased to I was pleased to see Dobra get a game for various reasons. He's had um, he's had a good preseason as as much as anybody really he had a really good mm. preseason. He had a good game against Newport, and I think I think to an extent Cook, Cook needs to show both both established players actually and the younger players at the club that there is still a pathway if a young player plays well and impresses that they will get a game uh, a lot mm. of that pathway has kind of been broken in recent weeks obviously with the major overhaul of the squad so to see him get a game um I was I was really pleased really pleased to see that and I think he did okay he um he's got some end end product that he needs to find uh, Francis Jeffers was talking about that in pre-season he, he needs to find get his numbers up was what he was saying he needs goals he needs assists he, he he looks good on the ball but when he gets into that final third it often breaks down but um he's going to have some real pressure now because because Carl Edwards came off the bench late on and um and did and did so well so um there's a long old long old fight for him from here on in mm. see what did you make of of playing Barry as the 10 uh, and Fraser stuck out wide again. It seems odd that we all know that Fraser is a 10, really, um, and yet he's yet to really play in that position. Yeah, he's, he's obviously arrived at Ipswich with the reputation of being one of League One's best number 10s over the last <laughs> three years, both for Burton and MK Dons. And so far, we've seen him start wide left and now wide right. Um, don't think it's really fully utilised his his skill set. Um there's been a lot of talk about the rubbish goals that Ipswich have been conceding and the defence not being good enough, etc. They were sloppy goals, but they're moments of individual sloppiness, I would say, rather than a, as a defensive unit, the team not being kind of being shaky throughout the 90 minutes. Morecambe didn't have tons of chances. Newport again on Tuesday night, same. There wasn't loads of chances for Burton, despite what we've just discussed them being on top of Ipswich. I thought they defended pretty well for, for the most part, dealt with dealt with the threat. The bigger issue for me was that, that blend of the team and finding that you've got to find that blend throughout the side that makes them sort of tick. And we've seen two variations of the, the front two thus far. We saw Chaplin playing just off of Piggott against Morecambe. Chaplin didn't really affect the game massively in that one. And now we've seen Barry playing just off Piggott. And I think he left the field having less than 10 touches in the, in over an hour. Um, so they've got to find that right combination up, up front. And I just wonder if, if all roads are going to lead towards Piggott and Bon at some stage. Jeffers has spoken about Piggott being kind of the, a type of player that can drop into the pocket and link play a little bit more. Bon's very much more on the shoulder, but the two of them both offer physicality. Um, you wonder if it leads to that point at some point, but where does that leave Fraser? You know, um, still stuck out on the wing. So, or, or do you just decide that you you really go with Fraser as a number ten now? But Cook needs to find that that formula and get it bedded in quickly. It's all very well talking about gelling gelling the team, but you've got to got to find the formula first before it starts to gel. So, um, we shall see going forwards on that. I think just just finally on that point, last season I talked a lot about. Ipswich is when they played that system, the Ipswich number 10, their first thought, I would say, was more to drop into midfield and that left a, a lone striker quite isolated. We've almost gone the other way now, where the first thought the first thought of Chaplin or Barry being kind of strikers really is is to be right up there with the attack. And that's left a very big gap between attack and midfield, because Harper and Evans both sit very deep, taking the ball off the defence and and there wasn't really that connect between midfield and attack. And that's where Ipswich had some issues mm. at the weekend. So finding that blend across the pitch is going to be vital now. Number 10 is a specialist position, isn't it? It's not it, It's not just a position where you, you can play a midfielder who's a, got an attacking tendency or a mm. striker who can play a little bit. It's become, especially in this system of Cooks, it's a it's a specialist position. And, and that, that's why it baffles me a little bit that we haven't seen Fraser there because he's a specialist. And he knows how to play that. He knows 
He knows what the what the job is. He knows the link role. He knows that he needs to support the striker. He knows that he needs to connect the midfield to the striker. And that, that that's why it's confused. It's confused me a little bit. I, I, I'm happy to kind of to see where this leads with with because it, it he hasn't had all of those options available to him necessarily all at the same time. I'm not necessarily sure he he really wants has wanted to be playing Wes Burns as one of those attacking three in there. I, I don't know. Um, but it's a specialist position, especially in this team. And I think that's, like you've suggested, Stu, I think that's going to be kind of the key to making this team work. Mm, mm. OK, we, we've kicked off there with, with kind of bad points about the game. Ross, do you want to keep us rolling with that? What what didn't, I mean, obviously we'd normally start with good, but because they lost, let's start with bad and finish with a few positives. What didn't you like about town um, on Saturday? <sighs> let's, let's, let's talk about Scott Fraser's penalty, eh? That was not a good penalty, was it? Started, oh, just... Like, I haven't ever been in that position. To, I've, I've scored penalties in my past. I'm not going to talk about my career. But, uh, <laughs> Please do. No, no, no. no. Uh, I missed a penalty in a penalty shot once. But um, no, just Scott Fraser's penalty. Just And then, of course, Lucas Aikens, however you say his name, he then went and scored the other end and got the winner, basically, from the penalty spot. But I just, as you saw, I got the, you know, the reaction from fans, and uh, they were not very pleased. But um, it wasn't a good penalty, was it, boys? Hmm. Of course, Rossi. We've already talked about your football career. Peaked at fourteen, didn't it? With uh, with twenty five goals or something that season. Yeah. Bet- officially better than McCauley Bon at that point, I believe you you've claimed before. No, I just said <laughs> maybe I was better as a poacher. I can bring the trophies. I've got the trophies there in a the box. You got a trophy room. Outstanding. Yeah. Yeah, um, Fraser's penalty, boys. Uh, Fraser scored, was it nine goals last season from the penalty nine, spot? Nine out of nine for MK yeah. Dons, yeah. So it's felt very Ipswich that he then arrives and, and fails to score his first for Ipswich. Um, you'd be forgiven for thinking there's some kind of curse hanging over this club, despite all the changes and everything for them to have started this season. It's starting to feel like I'm kind of minded of that, that meme from... Um, you know, are we the bad guys, the Nazis in the yeah. um, the, the <laughs> Mitchell and Webb Pe- show? Pe- yeah, the, is Pe- it Peep Pe- show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I guess we're onto a wider debate about how they've started the season and, and whether they should panic. I, I think in the cold light of day, I look at the performances, the three performances so far, and they've been good performances. In the, I, I think you know, and I think performances lead to results over a period of time consistently I look back to the start of last season and even though Ipswich were winning games I was never convinced by how they were playing sometimes results can kind of paper over performances and it felt like a bit like that it was going to catch up on them at some point and it did and this time around it feels to me like we always hear the cliches about, you know, keep performing like that and the wind will come and then it will snowball. But I do genuinely feel like that is the case underneath this at the moment. But that all being said, there's no doubt that it's disappointing that if anyone had polled, you know, what results will Ipswich have at this stage after games against Morecambe, Newport and Burton, um, you'd have wanted at least a win on the board at the moment. And there are there are going to be some lots of tough games in this division. We've talked about the strength of this division and every game that passes by, it's all very well saying, well, you can start slowly and finish strongly and look at what Blackpool did last season. And you can always find an example that kind of backs up your hopes. But every match that passes by is more work that you have to do further down the line. So um, I don't want it to keep going. I'll wait to 10 games, wait to 15 games. Just find ways to win at this moment in time. And yes, hopefully it will get better as time goes on. But let's not sort of ignore the fact that we need to start getting points on the board and start ticking along at a, at a reasonable points tally um, sooner rather than later. Mm. Shall we? I mean, you you've, you've started that debate, Stu. So let's jump headlong into it. That definitely counts as bad from the weekend. Um, social media has made football fandom. Um, an interesting an interesting place, shall we say, diplomatically. Uh, and predictably, I guess, after Town have stumbled out of the blocks this season, there were, there were, there were people saying all sorts of things post-game Saturday, uh, including Paul Cook's not the right man for the job. Get rid of him. Um, Has anyone said that, though? Because yes. for, for me, yeah. I've seen a lot of people on... There seems to be more tweets and 
posts about people having a go at moaners and saying, oh, get a grip if you're saying that. I haven't actually seen that many people genuinely saying, genuinely questioning Paul Cook and saying Paul Cook's got a go. You're allowed to be disappointed with the results, but still keep a, a level head mm. without it being, you know, so polarised now in society. You've even, you've got to be, now your colours to the mask, everything's either brilliant or rubbish or in between. There can be, there is room for nuance and you are allowed to be disappointed and say, actually, we've recruited, we've got a decent budget this year. We've recruited good players, even putting, even allowing for the fact it takes time to gel and so that still hoped for a little bit more by this stage. But that doesn't suddenly mean that you think that everything's broken and Cook's got to go. And I don't think I've seen that many people genuinely saying that and correct me if I'm wrong I'd like to, people to put together a dossier of a, a reasonable number of people that are calling for cook to go or this is all wrong or it's you know it's all going to be rubbish trust me they're out there Stewie uh, I, I shared my pre-season story about saying this is going to take time after full time on Saturday partly because I was expecting the flood of of negativity which which did come um, and, and there were people replying to me there saying that cook could Cook, cook can't do it at this level, etc. Um, which is crazy. I mean, in any, like I said in that tweet, in any walk of life, in any business, if if you three decided now that you were going to leave, um, and I had to bring in a, a new Ipswich Town team, I wouldn't expect that Ipswich Town team to be as good as you within two weeks or no, five I, weeks or whatever it is. It's it's, it's ridiculous. I get yes. all that, but I th- I think we've got a responsibility to not over to not overexpose the sort of to not give a level of exposure to to those that minority view and i do mm. feel it's a real minority view at the moment i think for every one tweet from someone going well overboard and questioning cook there seems to be another 20 of people saying for this fan base for god's sake get a grip da 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 there seems to be a now you have to have a overreaction to the reaction and it's that's just social media it kind of amplifies everything for me so I, I don't think there's been a huge overreaction you get a few on Twitter but it doesn't seem very many to me I think most people are keeping a pretty level level head throughout all of this mm-hmm. you're right though I mean obviously it's disappointing what's happened thus far but you just have to look at the quality of players they're signing um, 15 players in and you could, <laughs> it's still so early and like you say the performances have been largely positive you know what, where do you stand Lewis Hutchie or do you want to take us in a different direction um yeah you can't there's there's I've seen enough from the players as individuals to know that they're putting together a and and I'll be honest a lot of that what I've seen of those players of individuals has been in other team shirts but I know they've signed good players they've played two games together let's discount mm. new Newport in this that was a, a different side Paul Cook's put two first teams out they came from behind twice to get a draw yes it was against Morecambe but they they did it it was fine um at Burton, if Scott Fraser had scored that penalty, they would have won that game. I'm I'm convinced of it. Uh, it doesn't mean that would have been an incredible performance. It doesn't wouldn't have mean everything is wonderful and all the partnerships are fixed. But it would have mean they'd have had that win on the board, which would have um, which would have stopped some of the some of the theatrics on um, on social media. But mm. all it's going to take is is to get one win on on the board, and I think this can all settle down. Um, and you just have to look at, as well as that, if you looked at the bench on Saturday, I think I could see a scenario where every single one of those players that was on the bench, excluding Kyle Edwards, was not involved in the matchday squad in in kind of the future potentially. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a whole new central defensive partnership to come in. Edwards is a you know Edwards is a potential starter in there. No Wes Burns, no Chaplin, um, Coulson, Coulson as well. Who's we've 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 not. We've not seen anything from obviously Macaulay Bond's going to be involved from that from that bench as well going forward. Um, it just it just needs that little that little result to set to settle people down, and um, and this will all this will all be okay. I think it's 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 I think it's if we if we're really if we really are talking about people thinking that it's time for a change of manager, um, I think that'd be utter madness. Of course, of course it would it's, it's complete insanity but um I, I thought it's worth reflecting given that's that is some of the conversation that's out there and we we <laughs> obviously we cover the club this is a podcast about Ipswich Town and we have to try and reflect conversations that are out there um particularly in this new era Rossi let's go back to to the game itself um 
Luke Wolfenden um, tends to come with the, the prefix casual or lacklustre or laid back. Uh, and again, that was affixed to his name after this weekend. What what do you make of the uh, the Luke Wolfenden situation? Clearly, he's got a real fight in his hands now to... Um, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being Luke Wolfenden. Just being, being laid, laid back. Being laid back. He's got a real fight in his hands now to keep a starting spot, hasn't he, with um, with the guys they've signed. Um, we'll, we'll come to that in due course. But what did you make of, of his and, and the kind of goals conceded at the weekend? Oh, yeah. Of course, the Morecambe goal in the opening game wasn't great, was it? And then... Oh, Wolfie, Wolfie, Wolfie. I don't, I don't know how to say it in words that... It's a tricky one, really, because I do like Wolfie as a player, but sometimes he does frustrate me. Um, and I feel like him and... I'm not going to pronounce the goalkeeper's name. I'm not going to get Google Translate. That's, that's been that's done already. I can't do that again. But I felt they were, I don't know, weren't on the same page sometimes during the game. Because um, we were passing around the back a lot, and Wolf had to get into the box to get the ball off him. Um, but yeah, at the moment, Wolf is now in a good start to the season. Um, mm. And of course, now we've got Emerson, who hopefully will come back from his injury. Burgess will get on to very soon. They're two very hairy ass defenders, which is what Stu wanted. Um, and Wolfie, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he will. He's got competition now. This is probably the first time that he's got proper, proper competition for places. Mm. Um, mm. But I don't know. I know a lot of fans are getting frustrated on Wolfie at the moment, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how he gets on. But I just got—I was just getting frustrated with him yesterday. Ipswich need to figure out how they're going to cover these marauding fullbacks because if you look at both goals from the weekend, it's both times Kane, Vincent, Young, as per instructions from Paul Cook, is pushed right up high up the pitch, playing as a winger. The first goal, he wins wins a header on the halfway line, right on the from the goalkeeper's kick. Ipswich concede a quick free kick and Burton play it straight in behind him into the space. And Wolfenden has to come across to try and stop the cross, but he doesn't do it anywhere near quickly enough. We talked about him being sort of laid back and then that just left a gap in behind him. He kind of got caught in no man land, square pass goal. And the penalty was was uh, was kind of similar. Evans, he, Paul Cook's kind of talked about that Ipswich got a bit too casual in possession by that stage of the game it was back to kind of the Morecambe narrative where Ipswich are having lots of the ball and let's find a way to break them down and Evans tries to play a really ambitious crossfield pass which is I think the part of the goal that Paul Cook's annoyed about the most it, it doesn't reach Kane Vincent Young interception and all of a sudden there's a huge hole in behind Kane Vincent Young again and, and Burton counter work the ball into the box and it's another penalty. Wolfenden, again, probably should be quicker to close down in that phase of play. So we're excited about these kind of fullbacks bombing on, but it is also leaving Ipswich a little vulnerable there. And, you know, in the past, that's where the, the Mr. Understated Cole Scoos, the interceptor, would be the one that would that would be there filling those gaps and, and intercepting and, and stopping those those moments where... Um, at the moment, I don't know if if Evans or Harper, their first instinct is to is to cover the fullbacks. I don't know if the the centre backs are, are quick enough to get out and and close the gap. So that that is a vulnerability that Ipswich need to address quite quickly. I think. Hmm. Hutchie, any other thoughts on the on the negatives from the game before we try and look at some positives? Um, I don't think really any that that need to be like hammered out in huge detail. I think. Hladke looked a little shaky at, at times, particularly with his feet. Um, yeah, no, I don't think anything else that needs to be hugely over. I mean, we mentioned Kane Vincent Young. I think it's fair to say that he's he's still working his way back up, understandably, after the best part of two years out. He's trying to do the same things that he was doing pre-injury, but hasn't perhaps quite got that extra half yard of pace that's taken him past people that he was before. He's maybe a little bit rustier on the ball thus far. Hopefully that, that will come with, with game time, but it's fair to say he's not quite the player that we remember mm. uh, pre-injury at the moment, which is understandable. I yeah, suppose if, on you're, that... if you're sorry, if you're talking about fullbacks needing co- to be covered as well, the, the fullbacks aren't up to speed with what they're needing to do either, are they? So that they're not covering themselves. You, you saw the, the penalty was a result of, of Matt Penny covering himself, kind of charging 
charging furiously back into the box and, and running across Powell's heels. So it's just everybody, isn't it? All the partnerships across the pitch aren't up, up to speed and in tune with with what everybody is asking them asking them to do. Cook's team is so much more structured, I think, than, than Paul Lambert's side, where it, that this wasn't necessarily the case with, with quite so defined working parts within it. Mm. Um, in terms of, obviously, you touched there on it on KVY and injury, we should probably just mention that already there are some injury problems mounting at town. Wes Burns didn't play at the weekend because he was injured. Connor Chaplin also injured. Um, Edmondson is already, obviously, as we knew, injured. Um, Sonia Luco also Sonia injured. Luko. Um, yeah. They're piling up. We were hoping that this was all going to change with the new era and the new sports science team and everything. Um, <clears throat> Paul Cook is not telling us what the injuries are or how long they'll be out for. He's trying to keep all that quite close to his chest, which I think is going to be a theme going forwards. But it sounds from what we gather like most of them are hamstring problems. So we're back to a lot of muscle injuries. Um which raises, I don't know, we go back to the curse issue of Ipswich Town. It's um, Every club has injuries, but it does feel like Ipswich have had more than most in recent years. Um, and whatever they're doing has obviously not changed that thus far. Last year it was, oh, you know, condensed time frame because of COVID and a lot of games and et cetera. But hopefully this is, uh, this is not a sign of, of things to come because it's all very well having good players, but they've got to be, uh, they've got to be available for you to, to play as well. So um, yeah, that wasn't great when we heard uh, after, after the match that a lot of those players were absentees through injuries. And with it being hamstrings as well, that's not something you want to hear because hamstring issues are something that you're going to get repeatedly reoccurring. Um, I remember you speak to any kind of high performance coach and, and hamstring injuries are one of the worst things an athlete can have in terms of it continuing to be a problem for, for a long period of time. So that's not good news at all. Um, anyway, let's turn that frown upside down, Hutchie. Let's put a smile on our face and let's look at positives from the game because there's one big one, wasn't there? He can rap and he can play football as well. The boy Kyle Edwards. Yeah, he was pretty, he was really good. I think every, <clears throat> everything he did was was positive off the bench. Uh, Watching back the the shot that hit the bar, it's it's outrageous to to try that from there, and, and he's centimeters or inches away from from marking a debut with an absolutely outrageous goal. Um, his touch is good. He's positive. He wants to come in on his right foot and tease defenders, but on the, he could do it on the other flank as well. He 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 had some spells where he popped up on the right side and he caused the fullback problems there. Um, he looks. He looks on it. He um, obviously, when you come on as for a debut for twenty minutes, you're going to give it everything for those twenty minutes. So I, I'm not. I don't know if he's ready to start and play ninety minutes. But I'd be, at this point, I think I'd be quite surprised if he didn't um, tomorrow night at Cheltenham. So yeah, big, big, big plus there. Fast climbing up the ranks of, of Heath's favourite player, I've got to say. Um, having listened to it's a promotion thing. It's quite good, isn't it? It's, I really like it. Excellent. Outstanding. Uh, and I understand that he's already eyeing up a potential um, duet, shall we say, with one of Suffolk's biggest stars for when town inevitably get promoted this season. Um, Stewie, what did you make of, of Mr. Edwards? Looks a baller, doesn't he? Absolutely electric when he when he <laughs> stepped off the bench. Cook made a double change, I think 66th minute. Um, bon and Edwards came on um, for Barry and Dobra, am I right in saying? And... Um, as I've said, Ipswich looked like the team form far more likely to win it at that point. We've we've talked a lot about some of the negatives in the game, but Ipswich increasingly bossed that that second half, and it was on their terms. And Edwards, in particular, was was exciting. As, as Andy says, his first touch. There was a moment where he took a ball out the sky on his thigh, shifted it into his path, played a really good through ball, and we talked about obviously his big moment was collected the ball from a short throw in. Um, outrageous is the word to take an attempt from there, and that's curling in the top corner. It's a, looking back at the replay. It's a it's a fantastic fingertip save to tip the ball onto the bar. Um, he looks like he can go inside, outside. Some of the crosses were really good as well. That's probably the best level of crossing that I've seen for a while. And when we're talking about people like Piggott and Bon, who want to uh, physical and really want to attack crosses, those potential combinations kind of excite me going forwards as well. So, um, yeah, he was. He was Ipswich man of the match, despite the fact that he sort of uh, it was a cameo appearance. Really excited by him, and I think Andy's right. I think we'll see him start at Cheltenham tomorrow night. 
Mm. Has he got um, Hotchi? Obviously, you're very familiar with his rap career. Has he got a, a rap pseudonym, a, a, a moniker, yep. a name? What is it? Yep, Eduardo. Mm, Eduardo. Not sure as a nickname. I'm not sure I can go with that. Um, well, more work needs to be done. He, he needs to collaborate with you, doesn't he, and get some kind of fo- <laughs> focus focus group done. Focus group on his nickname. Yeah, Roski, give us some more things you liked about Town other than Carl Edwards from Saturday. That was my only good. Really. <laughs> oh, there's there some other goods, of course, but I think that was my my definitely eye opener is Carl away. Edwards. Yeah, the the far in the booth man. Um, yeah, he really impressed me. He really did impress me. Uh, the pink goalkeeping kit was out again. That was good. Solid. Uh, yeah, that was it. Piggott. I like Piggott. I think Piggott's good. Can I have it's one good. gripe on Joe Piggott? Of course. He's not. He wouldn't be very good at poker, would he? I mean, there's. It is an own goal. I think my first instinct was it's an own goal, but the replays aren't exactly conclusive from that side of the pitch. The two of them kind of both dive in to contest sort of a, a diving header towards their own goal. Um, but I think if he celebrates that, he could he could fool a few people. Mm. And uh, it only goes down officially as an own goal because I think if you see it come up officially on the BBC and Sky and everything, that is one person's decision in the ground that's kind of deciding that for for PA, Press Association, which then kind of goes everywhere. But if Pickett wheels away and really celebrates that, he has his first goal for Ipswich potentially, and Andy Warren's million yeah. pound pick is off to a good start. Instead, he's robbed and his money's dwindling. Yeah, are you are you appealing, Hutchie, to the uh, question? Yeah, well, me? I've got evidence. Like Ipswich, um, the club, the club were were very keen to get their their new kind of batch <laughs> of goal gifts out there, so they they gave it to Piggott. Um, so that that's probably my only evidence, really. But it's um. Yeah, inches away, inches away from a big, a big win. But instead, it's a, a second loss. We'll come, how, we'll come how much have you? Uh, how much have you spunked now? Oh wow! Just that's just another hundred thousand um, pounds. You've lost. You've lost three hundred k so far, mate. Lost, yeah, I lost three hundred thousand pounds so far. Um, a week yeah. in. Wow! Don't don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> Easy this is come. a great. A great, a great advert for sort of anti-gambling <laughs> campaign, isn't it? Don't gamble, kids. You could have bought exactly. a, uh, you could have bought a beach hut in Southwold for three hundred k, but instead it's gone, it's gone straight down the old toilet. Um, boys, what? Any other positives to note before we move on to to more positive stuff and sexy stuff and signings? Anything else to mention from the game? It was just nice to see John Watson in person again. I love John. Big shout out to John Watson. Oh, Norm big job. I thought you said John Motson. I was thinking, <laughs> why was John Motson at Burton? Uh, he, he likes Burton. He likes their pies. Someone uh, who is he's probably as equal as a celebrity now, Big John Watson, leader of the uh, the Northern Battalion, of course. Great to see him. Uh, and, and an excellent gif for this morning, Monday morning. Um, obviously, the boys looking pretty annoyed after the uh, after Burton went 2-1 up. Um, Hutchie, Stewie, anything else to mention before we move on? Just just great to see fans back full stop. We touched on it at the very start. 1,700 away days back, people getting on the train, car sharing to the match, having a beer beforehand. In fact, it's terracing at the Pirelli. Just felt, it always feels good, doesn't it? You know, Ipswich fans packed behind that, that goal. The colour, the noise, everything. I was stood... Um, Mark Ashton was kind of doing a few more meet and greets beforehand and he came to say hello in the press box and I was stood with him and Michael O'Leary as the, the team sort of came out and um, the fans were making a wall of noise and they both just, we all just stood in silence and watched the away fans and all with big smiles on their faces and Michael O'Leary just said, wow, look at, wow, look at that sort of thing. So uh, Ipswich fans, you are making a real, as much as the uh, the new hierarchy and making an impression on you, you're making a, a really good impression on on them thus far as well. So, um, yeah, regardless of the result, I think everyone is just enjoying being back at football again. Mm. Just very quickly, very importantly, what was um, Ashton wearing? He's very much a disciple of the suit jacket over a jumper or T-shirt man, isn't he? What was he sporting at Burton? Club suits all around now. Um, there's, even, there's a club even, suit, is there? Club ties, anyway, similar ah. suits. Um, yeah, very a very un- uniform approach to the, uh, the travelling off-field staff now. I like it. You'd be disgusted by that, Hutchie, being made to wear a suit. You'd be outraged by that. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, <laughs> I will continue to wear shorts to every game, says Hutchie. Right then, boys, let's go on to sexy stuff. Speaking of Hutchie's legs, sexy stuff, signings. Um, I think I think we, we covered Carl Edwards last week. It's, it's hard to remember what we've covered or not, but we definitely haven't covered the new hairy-ass centre-back. Six foot four inches, tick. Centre-back, tick. Surely has a has a hairy ass. There was a picture actually of uh, of the medical um, that Tampa out, which looked very much as if that check was being carried out. Um, so hopefully that's a big that's a big tick there in her suit posterior. Stuart Watson, they've signed Cameron Burgess from Accrington Stanley, six foot four inch, towering centre back. This is the big hairy ass you were after. Your thoughts, please. Yeah, I can't confirm or deny that, that the hairy <laughs> ass is there for Cameron Burgess. Um, we'll try and get to the bottom of that. Wait. Um, he's got to, hasn't he? Look at him. I think yeah. he won more aerials than anyone else in League One last Ooh. season. This is the this is the big hairy ass centre back that, that I've been after. I think Edmondson might tick a few of those boxes as well, and they look like they'll be the the centre half partnership once both are both fit up and up fit and up and running. Burgess clearly is there because he's Paul Cook's already revealed that he's going straight into the team. Mm. for the game at Cheltenham tomorrow night. And that back four, with Hayden Coulson to come into it at left-back, you would imagine is going to look very different um, pretty soon. So, um, yes, the uh, I think all good. They talk about sort of attacks win games and defences win championships. And uh, if Ipswich can get that, that defensive base sorted going forward to get that, you, you want to see, of all the partnerships on a football pitch, I think your two centre-halves, um, you get them bedded in and that you want to see two centre halves you know rolling out game after game and playing 44 45 46 games mm. um if they can get there Ipswich I think the, the rest can hopefully follow mm. what do you make of, of Burgess Hutchie what are you expecting from him Stu's already alluded there to the fact he's he's won the most aerial battles in league one so he's clearly decent in the air as you'd expect from a, a centre half but what, what do you hope he can bring to the team that the town haven't got at the moment yeah, he ticks the boxes there, doesn't he? Big, he's a big boy. He can he can win his headers. Uh, he's mm. left-footed, so some balance, um, which is a, a good thing. He, he did play a lot of his football on the left of a back three um, for Accrington last season, so a slight a slight change in role potentially. And I I, I watched a fair bit of um, Town's game at Accrington from last March back last night, and he had a. He had a few tough moments in there. He, got, he gave away the free kick, which led to Ipswich's second goal. He was beaten in the air by James Norwood for that really good header that he scored. So, you know, but but he also he also um, he dealt with with Keenan Bennett, who was his direct man on the left of a back three. Keenan Bennett was kind of his direct man that was was on him and getting in at the defence, and he. He dealt with Keenan pretty immaculately, actually, um, or Keenan. As we know, not the most sort of smooth, rounded of, of of players there, but he he dealt with the threat of him really quite well um, on the ball. Uh, I'll be honest, this is these we are, we've we've all only seen this guy play twice. We would have seen him possibly in both. He played both the Accrington games last season. His first real season of League One football, played fifty odd games and. He's clearly he's clearly a very solid League One defender and I don't think that's a problem at all I think that's exactly what they needed mm. him and Edmondson together six foot four six foot three we need, we're going to have to come up with a nickname I think for them the blue wall or something like that it was the uh, the orange crush wasn't it the Denver Broncos defense and they had the the purple people eaters from Minnesota um, so we need some sort of nickname for the, the, the back four Let's let them show that they deserve being called the Blue Wall well, first. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, fair, because fair I, I, I'll be honest. Look, they've been <clears throat> they've been signed, and I I do think that this will be the pairing Edmund, Edmondson and and Burgess whenever they're able to get them on the field. But I don't think they're impenetrable. I don't mm. I don't think it's a closed shop. I, I think they're going to have to perform. Um, and there's no reason why they won't. They've, they've got all the attributes between them. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing them play together. But I'll tell you what, the, they've got to get Janoy Danassian out the side first. The Denaissance continues. He, I thought he had another really good game on um, on Saturday with the Burton were chucking long throws into the box. And we talked about their style of play. And you mentioned Wolfenden being a bit casual, but Janoy's looked... Um, very much the centre half that Paul Lambert always insisted that he was, and we kind of sort of poo pooed that a little bit, thinking, "Well, Paul hasn't seen him play 
since he was at Villa as a kid and he'd gone away and played mainly fullback everywhere since. But um, I, I think he's been, he's been one of Ipswich's better players over the first couple of games since coming on for, for Toto injured in, in the first match. He's uh, He's been decent. So do you go with him instead of... Oh, clearly someone's dropping out of this side. Do you go? Do you go with Danassian then? It's a big call, that isn't it? Who, who it is partners? Uh, who partners Burgess at Cheltenham tomorrow night? Um, do you want to think about that, boys? Because that's on my list a little bit later on. Cheltenham. Um, let's not jump the gun, shall we? Let's finish with Cheltenham. We're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, Rossi. Um, they've made fifteen signings, most of which have been in the attacking forward positions. Um, is there a danger here? That, that Paul Cook's got a real job on his hands to keep players happy because not only can they not all play in those four forward positions, they can't even all sit on the bench when they're all fit. Well, yes and no, but I think you need depth for League One. You know, 46 league games, got cup games if you, if you fancy getting far and out, although Paul Cook seems he doesn't care about that. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a big season ahead. Injuries, and as you know, we've got a curse of injuries, so... <laughs> Yeah, let's let's keep them let's keep them fit first before we worry yeah. about keeping them happy. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, keep them fit before making them happy. But um, I'm just happy that we're signing centre half now, and um, he is the hairy ass defender. And fun fact, I'm using this off wiki, so it could be wrong. But he's a third generation footballer. His granddad was a footballer, and his dad was a footballer. Of course, mainly in in Scotland. But um, it'll fun you mean, fact there for you. Do you mean professional footballer? Yeah, because I, yeah. because mo, I think most people would be fourth or fifth generation footballers if it just counts that your dad had a kick around in Sunday league football. Well, <laughs> it's, you know, I don't, Scottish football people don't really count that as professional football, but oh, I think it is. Oh, I'm not saying fine. it is. I like, I like, I like it. I'm a Ross County fan. Ross County, uh, up the Ross County. That's uh, that's yeah. Ross Halls who just said that, everyone. Uh, not talking about Scotland. <laughs> the last time Ipswich had a left footed uh, warrior centre half. Ah. Christoph Bear, if he can be, if he Ooh. can get anywhere near those sort of levels for Ipswich Town, they'll have, they'll have done all right. Joe, another fun fact. Go. Uh, he he made his professional football debut at Portman Road. Cameron Who Burgess. Did? Cameron Burgess, Ca- did he? Yeah, for Fulham on the opening day of the fourteen fifteen season. Was that two? Was it two 0 Town that day? Two one. Two one. Live mm. on yeah. Sky. Live on Sky, of course, yeah. Um, boys, we should also... So, sorry, was that when Ballant Biner went off at half-time because he was a bit tired and, yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. and didn't start again in a league game? And um, was that when Fulham had... Was it Felix McGath? Little, little Felix with his little, little glasses. looking man with his glasses who, who didn't last very long, did yeah. he? He, was a, he had the sort of the Capello dictatorship going on at, at Fulham. Mm. Um, it, yeah, that's the very the very same. Interestingly, Bird, Burgess played as a holding midfielder that day rather than a centre back, but um, very much, very much the left sided centre back now. That is interesting. Um, shall we move on to? <laughs> shall we move? On I don't to... believe you. I don't no, think you mean. No, that. It, it wasn't interesting at all, Hutchie. But thanks for adding it. Um, shall we move on to other other signing news and departures? Um, obviously, Flynn Downs has gone. He's officially left Ipswich Town, gone to Swansea. Um, Stewie, your thoughts on that move for Flynn? Good move for all parties. I think Ipswich have actually benefited from him going there rather than Bournemouth. They've got more money out of Swansea than I think they would have done if he'd gone there. Bournemouth kind of ummed and ahed about doing that. Swansea swooped with obviously Matt Gill having joined Russell Martin at at Swansea. Um, It sounds like Ipswich are pretty much guaranteed to get two million quid for him. It's close to one and a half million up front that the other add-ons will will be met no problem and then uh, who knows even further down the line there'll be a decent sell-on clause in there and if Flynn can go on and be the player that that I and many believe he can then then Ipswich could get some good money out of this disappointed to see him go because I think he's uh, I think he's a top top player but um, sometimes you know, as we've said about a lot of these players, it's time to move on uh, for a new challenge for everybody. So Ipswich have done okay out of it, and I think it's a really good move for him. I think Swansea and the way they'll play under Martin is is a really good fit. And um, for all the talk about Checkbook FC, it's kind of overlooked that in terms of a net spend, Ipswich are probably potentially in the black. You've got sort of if if we're taking the sort of almost a guaranteed two million for Downs and a million quid for Dazelle and some some money for for Gibbs. Um, 
they're probably uh, they're probably balancing all that out quite nicely. I'm sure I'm sure the wage bill's gone up a decent amount, but um, they are bringing some transfer fees in as well. Hmm. You'd hope there'd be a, a hefty sell-on clause as well in in, in Downs' contract there to Swansea, so Town makes some cash when he's inevitably sold on for millions more. Um, Hutchie, you talked about midfielders there. They have signed 15 players, um, but clearly they probably still need midfielders, don't they? They've been um, linked with Joe Morell, who uh, in the end did go to Portsmouth as planned. Town didn't manage to hijack that deal. I see there's Tom Carroll out there as well this morning. Um, that's, that's an area of the pitch they still need to strengthen, isn't it? Uh, absolutely, yeah. They've um, it, Evans and Harper are are it really at the, at the moment. John Nolan not in the picture, injured. Cameron Humphreys and Idris El Mazzuni, as well as they played against Newport, um, they're, they're not they're not what what Cook really wants to be going with in in the centre of that midfield. He wants he wants um, he wants experienced players in there. So yeah, midfield midfield is very much on the agenda. We shall see. Watch this space on that front. Um, right then. Hutchie, I'm sticking with you for this. Million pound picks, you degenerate gambler. You've already lost 300k. Um, you've got another chance to win some back tomorrow night at Cheltenham. Um, this is a big one. This is a really big one because do you go? Do you go big looking to chase those losses, or do you build? What are you going to do? What, what's, what's your thinking? I've had a little roll back this morning. I've dialed. I've dialed back how much is going to be spent on this okay. one. Um, pend, pending the appeal over Joe Piggott's goal. Um, I'm not banking on that coming my way. Um, I'm just going to go hundred thousand again. Um, <laughs> just a hundred k, yeah. Really? <laughs> so, look, you've got you, look. You can't just sit on it. It's not this money isn't gaining interest. It's in cash in in the room here in where bag. I am. Where I well, am. I agree. Now, is there an overdraft facility here? Are we gonna? Well, that's up to you. Allow that's, that's up to you. Um, as the bankers, um, I've. All I've got is this big pile of cash in here at the moment, and I'm going to put a hundred thousand of it very, very simply on on Ipswich Town to win at Cheltenham. These these bets are getting simpler and simpler. You're just kind of dialing it right back. Is that uh, is that Michael Chopra's big bag of money? By the way, you've got sitting there. <laughs> I, I, I can either confirm or deny where it's come from. It's like um, a Breaking Bad. He's got a little kind of concealed hole in his wall where he hides yeah. it from his. From his wife and family. So 100k simply on town to win at Cheltenham, Hutchie. How much would yeah. that return? It would return £245,000. Okay, so a nice little... Which nice is little actually quite there. quite a nice little price. So that would take you back up significantly. We need we need a town win for many reasons, but mainly so Hutchie doesn't lose another 100k. That's a nice segue into the game itself, of course. You already kicked off one of the big debates going into the game, boys. So feel free to finish that now. Cheltenham, what do you do with the side and what do you do at the heart of defence to begin with? Because we know that Burgess is going to start. And, and Stuart, you were, su- you were suggesting just moments ago before I rudely cut you off and wanted to talk about this a bit later. Do you go with the denaissance period again or do you stick with Wolfenden? Who, who are you going to play alongside him, Stuart? Personally, on what we've seen thus far, I think you've got... Genoi's been the, the more solid, consistent player and, and while Ipswich need to just get points on the board now and I think that's their best chance of doing that this game. So I think I would be going for Donassian alongside Burgess, personally. Any any thoughts there, Hutchie, Rossi? I'd agree with that. Um, I do half wonder whether, whether Vincent Young might dip out. Um, which would mean Genoi, I would, would assume, and unless Wes Burns returns, um, Genoi may be having to play right back, depending on if they feel that, that Kane is is good to go and they're happy for him to give him another game. But I, I think realistically, I think they probably will go with Vincent Young um, at right back, which, yeah, I'd agree then in that case, Danassian, Danassian at, at centre-half. Full ha- full about that. You've... you've, cons- you've, you've uh... You've charmed me. I think Kane might be the one that, that dips out. I think he, he was on the end of a few tongue lashings from Francis Jeffers and then uh, at the weekend people had pointed out, um, I just wonder that we talked about him sort of churning out games after the time of period he's been out. That That's a possibility. Rossi? I think that's a good shout there, actually. I was thinking, yeah, keep JD in the defence, but... Yeah, Vincent Young hasn't looked his normal self recently, but he has had to overcome their injuries. And um, Saturday, Tuesday, maybe too much for him at this precise moment. So, um, yeah, maybe JD at right back and keep Wolfie at centre-back. 
there we go then um, what about the rest of the of the team boys i know it's hard to predict given we don't really know what's going on injury wise and stuff but Hachi, what are you doing with those those troublesome forward positions where there's so many options it sounds like edwards has to start given uh, what he did in his debut um pickett clearly has been been first choice do you put fraser in the 10 is this way where you have a look at it I, I'm t- I'd be tempted by the Piggott and Bond route. Double trouble for this one, I think. I no, they're not double trouble. Who's double Nor- trouble? Norwood and Bond. Are, ah, of are course. Double trouble. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd be tempted by. Oh, I'd be tempted by that. A bit more physical. A bit more. Just a bit more of a partnership up there. Um, I think you're right. Edwards. Edwards has to come in. Um, and I can't see him dropping Fraser. So I, I, if they went with the scenario that I've just painted there of Bond and Bon and Piggott, that would mean Edwards in for for Dobra and and Bon in for Barry. Okay, and Fraser right, right. Um, who have I got in there, Edward? Yeah, I guess you probably you probably would. It's 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 wide right, but it's also not particularly wide, isn't it? I'd I'd, I'd be a bit worried. Say say the scenario kind of ticks over that we've just painted with with Danassian now at right back and and Fraser as the wide right I'm not convinced there's enough kind of beat your man width there to get Fraser the, in the positions they need so if if it was Vincent Young um I'd be okay with Fraser going again wide right because the hope is that Fraser comes inside on his left foot and Vincent Young goes outside not going to happen as much with Genoi is it um but I think Fraser will be in the team so if if you're going to play Bon and pick it up front he's going to have to be in one of the wider areas mm. Thoughts, Stewie? Yeah, that wide right options are dwindling a bit, aren't they? With We don't know if Burns or Aluko will be back, but if we're assuming they're not, um, the idea of Carl Edwards getting at his man and getting crosses in the box for both Piggott and Bond to attack um, is tantalising. I think Cheltenham is another, you know, one of those physical away games where Ipswich might have to fight a bit of fire with fire and earn the right to play. Fraser wide right on the other side doesn't excite me, but there's no no not loads of other options really. Dog is otherwise giving Dobber another game, whose tendency is to kind of uh, do what he wants. Really, you have got to allow him to go and play his own game. So um, that's the one area of the team that, that will probably intrigue me. Wide right, what he does, what he does there, as well as um, whether it's those front two. But yeah, Bon and Piggott, I think um, that I quite like to see that. Is there any argument for having a look at someone else other than Piggott up front, bringing in Norwood maybe, or, or playing Bond there? Rossi? Norwood's injured. Oh, he's injured. Of course he is, yeah. There you go then. No. <laughs> <laughs> so Pig- Piggott definitely starts. Rossi, what, what are your thoughts on the team? Yeah, well, you've got to start Piggott, and yeah, he's your leader man, definitely for this season. Um, I'd like to see Dobra start again, but I just I feel maybe this isn't his type of game to play, Cheltenham there, you know, big side, uh, and, you know, you can saw at Burton game, he was on the floor a lot. He wins a lot of fouls, which is great. Um, we've got players that take those and get the ball in the box for Piggott. But I don't know, maybe this isn't the right game for Dobra to come in. Um, but we also are worried about who are we going to play right um, right, right wing. It's just it's, it's going to be interesting what Paul Cook, as Stu said, is going to do. Dobra will get some minutes in this game. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think Edwards will will play the full 90. And, and if there's a game to chase... Dobra's a nice option to have on the bench. I'm convinced he'll have an involvement in the game. Um, it just may be maybe not from the start. I must apologise for my dog barking. Uh, he's been snoring most of the time. Now he's barking. So I do apologise, listeners. That's not good audio at all. Um, I'll have him sent to the pound immediately after this uh, After this is finished recording. Boys, let's finish with a prediction then. Hutch, I'm going to start with you because obviously you're going to predict a win because you need it for that 100k you just put on the game. Um, we but we really do need a town win, don't we? Just to settle the uh, the old nerves and and ease our way into the season. Um, what do you think is going to happen at Cheltenham? One one nil. <clears throat> uh, I think Burgess. Burgess, I think this will play into his hands. Yes, he's not going to have any kind of prior partnership with anybody in this team. But there's there's long throw th- threats in this Cheltenham side. There are balls in the box from this Cheltenham side, and that's perfect for him. Um, I think I think it might it might bring a first clean sheet, one nil. Okay, Rossi, what are you saying? That's what I was going to go for. Do I you can, you can go for it? Yeah, you can go for it. If that's what you think, follow your heart and gut. Yeah, one nil. 
I feel there won't be many goals in this and then there will be now. Um, so good, good for us. Um, but yeah, 1-0, Johnny Rock Stadium, nice clean sheet, nice win on the road at Cheltenham, uh, Broome on Saturday. Yes. Stuart, are you going to make it full house? I would bloody love a 1-0 because I think that's exactly the sort of result that they need right now. A clean sheet, a hard-fought 1-0 win. I've got some slight doubts going into this one. I think Cheltenham are pretty much the same sort of side that kind of workmanlike way to promotion last season. Everyone knows about the long throws. I don't think Ben Tozer, their captain, the man who flings them in the box, has started either of the first two games. He had COVID in pre-season and has been kind of working his way back. He's been unused sub the first two league games. So um, whether he's ready to play, I think he did play in the cup game. That would be interesting to see if Ipswich have got to deal with that. But looking at their manager's quotes from the last game, they lost 3-1 at home to Wickham. He said they were a bit passive, a bit safe. It was bluff possession that we had. They actually had more possession than Wickham. But um, I'm interested to see what Cheltenham are all about. I think there might be a little bit of them sort of finding their feet at this level still. But um, I think Ipswich will win. I think that they're a lesser side to Burton ultimately. So do you know what? I'll make it a full house. 1-0, why not? One nils all the way around. Can we also establish, boys, now you're a travelling trio or a quartet, if you count uh, was a page, our photographer. Is La Beast now back on the table, Hutchie? I saw someone tweeted that said it's it's back available. Um, this is a, a challenge that's been long laid out on the table. Um, just remind listeners what that was and are, are you still up for it? I can't remember why I've got to do it. Um, it was it, it was, was, it, was the, it a, a Blackpool game. Is it winning by three or more away from home? That was it, yeah. Um, it's just a huge burrito. If it's on the menu and if we stop there, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> what was the um, what was the order at KFC you waited so long for, boys, that was so important? Well, I had a bonus banquet. and That is always the way to go. Yeah. I don't like bones. I just don't like chewing the chicken off the bones. That's just my, my thing, all right? I like wings, but just, no, nah, just bones, not for me. Fine with you. KFC is definitely the way to go and the boneless banquet is always the way to go. I don't know why you'd pick any other fast food, in fact, over KFC, unless you're counting pizza, in which case that may be a conversation, but probably not from a uh, a roadside establishment, I would say, with pizza. Um, Stewie, what's your what's your KFC pick? A mighty bucket for one. Wow, that is serious it, eating. It looked really oh. sad, though, didn't it? It came in, a, it, 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 I felt so sad just watching Stewie. Is, it, didn't even come in, it didn't even come in a bucket. It came in a paper bag. Hutchie, what, what, what are you eating while they're d- digging into KFC? You you tucking into some celery? What's going on? I had some noodles from the Ooh, China, from, from the little Chinese. I had some vegetable sunshine noodles with um, salt and pepper chicken. Very nice. Very it nice was quite indeed. nice, actually. Yeah. Well, Mine resembled. They were, so, they were so under the cosh. They suddenly obviously had all the football fans arriving at certain times, really busy Saturday night. I think this was Leicester East, I believe we stopped. And uh, they'd just given up by that point. And you know when uh, Andy kind of made this comparison, you know when you go into like a slightly dodgy chicken establishment at three in the morning after a heavy night out and just mutter, what can I get for £4.20? <laughs> and just chuck all your change at them. They it basically resembled that. They just scooped up a load of chicken, stuck it in a paper bag, <laughs> and just kind of flung it my way. Um, but it did the job. Batter all bits of chicken, whack them in a bucket, give them to Watson. He'll 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 hoover them up. Did you um, did you get a chance to watch any of the Premier League over the weekend, boys? Because um, I enjoyed a little bit in Newcastle West Ham yesterday. It was a good game. I might turn on the right point. There were goals, goals, goals. I also have a new favourite Premier League player, Alan St Maxim. I don't know if you've seen him play. He is tremendous. What an exciting player he is. Plus, he gets extra points because he's got like a headband that he wears, which is a proper tie at the back kind of martial arts Cobra Kai style headband. I want one of the town players to start wearing one of those, please. Do you know he's not a new player in the Premier League? I mean, he's played no, in the Premier League the last three years. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I said I've got a new favourite Premier League ah. player. Having watched that game, I, I greatly He's got a bit him. of a bromance going with former Ipswich Town press officer Grant Pringle, who moved up to Newcastle, and they've they've exchanged a few little uh, tweets on social media. I've seen, which is nice. He seems like yeah. a good guy as well as a uh, a good footballer. Absolutely. Can we get, can we, um, you obviously speak to the town players, boys. Can you plant that seed that they might want to start wearing a headband like St. Maxim? We could even get, maybe get them a KOA headband to wear. You Colin like Edwards. 
He'd be the obvious choice, wouldn't he? I mean, that would be yeah. tremendous. Excellent. All right, then, boys. Anything else to mention before we uh, take our leave? Andy and, and Rossi are off to the under-23s, which will be interesting this afternoon. Any insight as to what sort of team there might be out for the under-23s? No. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Well, um, follow it with the boys. If you are indeed uh, listening to this after they've been, read the report, watch the video. We're going to do some video from there as well. Stu, you've got to go off and, and write previews and, and write up a bit of Carl Edward stuff as well. Anything else to mention before we, we get on with things? No other business. No other business. No, no other business. Right then. Well, please do follow us across all our social medias. Kings of Anglia on YouTube. That's the big one. That's gathering pace quickly, isn't it, Rossi? That's very good to see. Um, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And also, obviously, support our sponsor, manscaped.com, by using code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery on everything. That's code KOA at manscaped.com. Also, leaves a five-star review on iTunes because we've not had one of those for a while. And it helps us greatly in the visibility in the charts. There we go then. It's not the result we wanted at the weekend. Fingers crossed we go again tomorrow. Hotchie's got 100k riding on it. So hopefully we'll get the right result. Um, hopefully we'll also be back later on this week to talk about said win and what Hotchie's going to do with his money. Uh, have a great start to the week and we'll speak to you again next time. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. More great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.